0: Happy Sunday, Tampa Bay. We're back here on another edition of the Duncan Duo Real Estate Show. I'm Robert Johnson, President of the Duncan Duo. Here with Mike Corgan from Cross Country Mortgage once again. How are you doing, Mike?
1: I am doing great. Um, Good morning. Happy Super Bowl Sunday.
0: uh, Happy Super Bowl Sunday. (laughs) Yeah, exciting Exciting day for the city. I know. Exciting. I was thinking back in. 2003. That was the last time they won it. I was I was fresh into into college. I mean that was such an exciting time. I mean definitely a different year. This year, were you here last time they went no, to the Super Bowl? No, Did you so, live here?
1: No, I didn't. I still lived uh, up north in Cleveland when they went to the Super Bowl. But uh, interestingly enough, I worked with a guy that was from Tampa in Cleveland. He he had moved to Cleveland, and at the time that it happened, and so I remember rooting for them and being excited for them. Um and they just uh, if I remember right they just crushed the Raiders right yeah um, it
0: was like a crushing and I yeah. feel like being somebody from Cleveland don't take offense to this but <laughs> I do feel like the Bucks and the Browns are kind of one and the same over the years so I feel like it's it's like uh you know uh, something that you probably know super well it's just you never think that they're gonna get there
1: yeah <laughs> and they always
0: think of some way to to mess it up but it was so exciting this year because. You know when the year started I just felt like man there there's the Bucks again, you know, here they are taking you know <laughs> taking the best player of all time and just making you know, <laughs> him, you know, a buccaneer. <laughs> and you know, I just thought, oh my gosh, I, I can't believe it. So I mean I'm I'm sure that uh that, that was uh something at least for you to to be able to root for them last time for sure. And and I take it you're still a Browns fan.
1: Yeah, I am still a Browns fan, but it, it, I was rooting for the Bucks to 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 make it in. It's a super exciting time for our city. Um, Tampa Bay has been, you know, just it, it's been electric the past uh, past couple of weeks. Even though it's it's kind of toned down because of the pandemic and they're not able to do as many events and still social distancing, but you you certainly can see, um, you know, the electricity and hear about it and people are talking about it and the fact that our hometown team um is in there makes it uh just even more first time ever and just makes it even more exciting and so um hopefully this evening um you know the Buccaneers will get their second uh Super Bowl championship
0: absolutely and I do think you know to have a hometown team in the Super Bowl for the first time ever I do think it was probably the best year that that could happen because I think that uh that secretly, you know, if you were to ask secretly, you know, Chamber of Commerce, government, people like everything else, they, they probably don't want the hometown team in the Super Bowl because, you know, that obviously cuts into a lot of the money that's going to be coming into the area and a lot of the people that are probably traveling into the area. But to have it happen this year was probably the best year for it to happen because, you know, we weren't going to have a ton of people traveling anyway. You know, it, it kind of keeps a whole, you know, obviously there's an influx of people coming in, but it keeps, okay. uh, you know, twice that influx from coming in so i think that all around it was probably the best year for that to happen and what an exciting time i mean it's just awesome yes absolutely. Um, but i i real estate related you know a lot of people thought that that brady had bought and, and maybe he did but i i don't i don't think so but a lot of people at one time had thought that he bought that house in clearwater you know there was a there was all these articles on that and you know maybe you know something that i that i don't but i mean he's still living in in the Derek Jeter house. And I was, I was reading the article this week about how difficult it is to really show that property with somebody of that caliber, especially during this time of COVID and everything else is living in the property, um, you know, of, of this $29 million house on Davis Island, which is just insanity.
1: Yeah, that's, uh, that is crazy. Yeah. And I imagine he's, you know, he's been pretty busy and pretty focused, so (laughs) it's probably harder than, uh, than normal uh, to, to get in. So certainly interesting times. If it was a normal client, right? If it wasn't a, um, you know, the greatest of all time or superstar or whatever, you know, probably the realtors in those small circles would be complaining about how difficult of a seller it is, right?
0: Oh, I know. And I'm also thinking, I mean, what an interesting place to live when you are, you know, Tom Brady, because I mean, you have all of that going on down there. I mean, you're probably able to go outside on one of the the decks off of one of those rooms, and just look around the corner at the Gasparilla pirate ship there with all the Super Bowl stuff on it, shooting off fireworks every night. So I mean, what an interesting place to live, and you know, to have a hometown team. I mean, I just I thought all that was super interesting. But I'm um, switching gears now. What what is going on with rates this week? And I know we talk about that a lot. We talk about that sure. sometimes, but I. I, you know, for a while at the end of last year, and even at the beginning of this year, they, you know, they had kind of hit a bottom. They were trekking up this week. I saw that they, they dipped again, or maybe it was over the past two weeks that they dipped again. And then I saw that refinancing is, is surging again. So what's kind of going on with all that from, from your eyes?
1: Yeah, for sure. That's, uh, I mean, you hit it pretty much on the head. So Um, we, we were running on, you know, on lows and, and, um, we were, you know, trickling along the bottom there. And then right after the beginning of the year, really right when, um, you know, what happened on January 6th, the insurgents and the capital and all of that good stuff. And we were still, you know, waiting on the transition from the old administration to the new administration. Um, and then that uncertainty happened. They started to, they started to go up and markets in general don't necessarily like uncertainty. And there was a lot of uncertainty, and then that added some to it. And so we started to see, you know, rates move up at a at a pretty aggressive, a pretty aggressive pace. And they did it, you know, seven or eight days in a row, um, which really got some people in in our industry and and, and <laughs> in our world to to raise our eyebrows a little bit because they they went up about a quarter percent, um, to oh five percent. Wow. It it was a pretty a pretty big move. Um, and then after that, though. Um, you know, probably about a week later, they kind of bottomed out there and now they have slowly could be coming back, um, dropping back down, um, and we're getting along the bottom again. (laughs) Yeah. So, um, what's always interesting is the media is always about a week behind because the reports that come out are from the previous week. So we live in this world where, where rates can move on a daily basis at different times, we're always about a week behind in the media when we report it out. So they're saying hey, rates have hit all-time lows and us in the industry and we're quoting rates are going, "Oh my gosh, what's happened in the last week? They've gone up." And so, you know, there's always this disconnect. But, oh my gosh. Uh, yeah. So this week they've been relatively flat um and and are staying, you know, at at some of their lowest levels and and being at their lowest levels and refinancing activity has picked back up. Um it's interesting that you say that um, we've noticed it too on our end and I think that is just a um, it, it, it's a result of a lot of people around the holidays just you know chalked it up to the holidays and they're too busy and they don't want to deal with doing this because it's refinancing and everything else and now that the new year and that's all behind us and everything else they know rates are still you know at historic lows and so now they're they're jumping on the bandwagon to be able to do so
0: Well, and also contrary to popular belief, and I know we've mentioned this before, is that sometimes when rates rise like that or or prices rise or whatever, um, it actually pushes a lot of people off the fence. So, you know, you you think, oh, my gosh, I'm you know, I don't want to do anything right now because rates have gone up. But actually, for the markets, it usually does the opposite because people think, oh, my gosh, maybe I missed it. Maybe I missed the bottom. I better jump it now instead of waiting on the sidelines, waiting for the bottom. They're jumping off to try to, you know, get as low as they can once they start going up. And I think you've probably seen a lot of that, too.
1: Yeah, you're exactly right. It's that that FOMO, that fear of missing out. that People do jump off the fence. And, you know, we've been saying it for a long time. Rates are going to stay lower for longer. The Fed's come out and said it's going to be there. But what we also have said, it's never gonna be in a straight line, right? There will be these little blips, there will be these periods of times where they will fluctuate a little bit. They're not gonna be drastic moves. We're not gonna go from three percent to five percent or anything crazy like that. But there will be these little blips over the course of time on what's gonna be there. But the longer term outlook is rates are gonna stay, you know, historically low and, and everything else. But you're right. I mean, they, you know, they start trickling up and people like oh i better go it you know they, they're they saying oh i'll push it off push it
0: off and then they see rates are going up and they want to get in before before it's too late right and do you think um and obviously you don't know but i mean are you seeing indications this week that they're um going up or do you think now that we've settled in, they'll probably at least stay stable or maybe trend back down a little bit lower
1: i think we're going to stay stable i think we're going to go into um you know a period of of kind of uh you know, flat, you know, um, flat, you know, I, I, I guess are not moving. Yeah. <laughs> stability. Yeah. I don't, sorry. I don't know the right word, but yeah. Um, you know, stability where there's not going to be a whole lot going on with that and everything else. It was, so we start to ease into, you know, the new administration, Biden administration's in place now they've been in for a few weeks, starting to put things together. And so, you know, not a whole lot's happened yet. And, and we've talked about on the show before, that you know anything that would be real estate impact or rate impact takes a long time it's not overnight that it that it would happen so i think we're going to see them stay you know relatively low here for a longer period of time again they'll always bounce a little bit here or there if a headline comes out but it's not going to be anything drastic but i would recommend to everybody out there if that's on your list to refinance and it's something that you you know you need to do Or you haven't taken advantage of it, or you're sitting with a rate that begins with, you know, really maybe 3.75 or higher, you really should reach out to your mortgage professional and take advantage of this opportunity. Um, It really is historic times with rates, you know, this low. And it's just a great opportunity to improve your overall financial situation.
0: Yeah. And how can they get in touch with you? Because I will say that we, you know, a lot of, a lot of, professional people that follow real estate industry you know you look at CNBC and everything else they think we probably have already hit the historic lows you know they they agree with you they're going to remain really low they're probably going to stabilize but we might have already hit the lows yes you know so how would they reach out to you what can they do to uh, give you a call if they don't have a mortgage person yeah
1: absolutely you can reach out to me directly you can always give me a call at 813 813- Again, it's 813-377-2743. Or you can go to CrossCountryTampa.com. Again, it's CrossCountryTampa.com, all one word. Um, And Jennifer Wonderland, who's on our team, um, her site, she can answer questions there. You can apply online, get in touch with her or me, and we'd be happy to help you and we'd love to help you.
0: Absolutely, or you can give us a call at our office if you have any questions about that. We will also redirect you to Mike yeah. 813-359-8990, and we'll be back right after this quick break. And We're back here on the Dunkin' Duo Real Estate Show. I'm Robert Johnson, president of the Dunkin' Duo, here with Mike Corrigan from Cross Country Mortgage. Just talking about the changes in the real estate market, what we've seen as far as interest rates, but I also wanted to touch base on something we keep talking about. Um, seems like every week we talk about it, just the low inventory, what's going on in the market, and and you know where things are from that standpoint. There was an article on CNBC this week um, that existing home sales in 2020 hit the highest point since 2006, but listings are at a record low. Now, the first thing that jumps out at me when I when I read that was I'm surprised that um, even with such low inventory, that we're able to do the amount of business that we were doing in 2006. Because when I picture 2006, I picture just a ton of inventory, but also because of a ton of inventory, there was just a ton of sales. So I'm surprised that with inventory being so low that we could actually hit those numbers because year over year, inventory is down about 26% um, from December uh, 2019 to December 2020. And sales were 22% stronger year over year so that's that's a crazy number i mean we're at 1.9 months of inventory and that was in december and that's that's been the lowest oh i mean that's nationally and it's been that's the lowest it's ever been since the statistics started being tracked in 1982 and i'm gonna tell you that um it's by far the lowest that i've ever seen i mean we have some agents on our team, some agents that usually carry many, many listings, and they don't have anything on the market. They're all under contract. They're waiting to close. But I mean, they're just, they're not carrying a bunch of listings on the market. I mean, whatever, whatever they're listing, they're selling, they're able to get the sellers a lot more money than the sellers thought possible. But I mean, the inventory is just so, so, so low. Um, and, and I mean, you know, pending contracts are down because... Uh, inventory so low, not because the market's so you know so bad. So it's it's just it's an interesting time in the market. And are you guys starting to see that impact, you know, mortgages at all? Like the number of mortgages that you guys are doing, are you still pretty busy?
1: Well we're still extremely busy and we're still we're still at record volumes and a lot of that has to do with the refinancing that we talked about in the last segment um that's going in but our purchase business still is up year over year um which goes along with the numbers right the numbers of home sales right. are up and everything else it, it, what's being held back is there would be more if there was more inventory um, absolutely so what we do see lots of times is where you know because the first thing you should do is go out there and get pre-approved and i'm not just saying that because i'm in the mortgage business i'm saying that because if you want to get be successful to get a house (laughs) you need to make sure you're fully pre-approved up front especially in today's environment but what we do is we pre-approve people and then we see and we you know we'll update the letters based on the house they're going for and whatnot where we do it multiple times where people are on like their sixth their seventh house they've written an offer for and they keep missing out because someone either has bid higher or you know had different terms. So we are seeing a lot more of that um, because it's it's just they go so fast. Yeah. Um, once they hit the market, and you would know better than than
0: I would. <laughs> well, and not only are they going fast, but I mean the prices are up. So prices were up. 12.9% compared to December of 2019, so the average price nationwide is 309800 Our average price here is a little bit lower than that, but um, again, that's up 12.9% in a year. Um, and the sale of homes priced under 100000 was down 15% annually. So that basically means that home prices are rising because also homes between 500 and 750 were up 65%. So you see what's happening there. I mean, because of low inventory, it's just pushing prices up, pushing prices up. And I mean, it's really about affordability because with interest rates being so low, you know, payments are actually lower, even though homes are more expensive, which is why so many people are refinancing.
1: Yes. And, and we see that all the time. It is all about affordability and a lot of people are worried there, Hey, prices are going up too fast and we're not going to be able, there's going to be affordability problem. We call it the affordability myth because we hear a lot of people, even in the media talking about that, but it's not really real because interest rates are about a percent lower than they were at this time last year. And so even at 12.9% increase in prices, it's going to be there, which that's a skewed number a little bit, but even at that increase in prices from where it was a year at this time, a year ago with the 1% drop in interest rates, your payment in almost every scenario still would be lower, even at the higher price point, just because the interest rates are lower. Oh, so which actually, is
0: really amazing.
1: Right. Which, which means actually affordability is better now um, than it was in the past because rates are uh, rates are lower. Um, So that goes in there. And and so that's where it gets confusing, too, with a lot of people that they see with these numbers and the averages of of these home prices and everything else. And they're jumping so high. One thing to keep in mind, and you just mentioned it, Robert, is that that they're coming with an average price there. And the reality is there's just not as many lower price homes for sale anymore. And so the higher price homes are the ones that are selling, which pushes up that average sales price. Doesn't mean the price of homes are necessarily that much higher. It just means that's what's selling because that's where there's more inventory.
0: Absolutely. And that's a great point. So we'll be right back after this quick break to continue our discussion here on the Duncan Duo Real Estate Show. And we're back here on the Duncan Duo Real Estate Show. I'm Robert Johnson, president of the Duncan Duo here with Mike Corrigan from Cross Country Mortgage. Thanks for joining us on this Super Bowl Sunday, the super edition of the Duncan Duo Real Estate Show. And we're talking about the super crazy market and <laughs> what's going on here and interest rates and everything else. And I thought that um, that you might, might be having a lot of people calling you and a lot of people um, deciding maybe they wanna refinance or maybe they wanna jump off the fence and finally go purchase something. While affordability um, is so good with these lower interest rates, but I think it's important, um, especially because I-, I use different credit services for my for tracking my credit score, and i I feel like I always have a good pulse of where it's at. But there is a difference um, CNBC Market Watch article that talks about the difference in credit scores between um, you know FICO scores and why when you go to get a car loan you could have one score and when you call a mortgage broker you could have another score and then when you check it online yourself you could have a third fourth or fifth score so i thought that was a great thing to discuss um i think that um it's definitely something people should be aware of so when somebody calls you and you're talking to them about their credit score what's the first thing that you would want them to know what's the first thing that you do
1: yeah. So when we look at somebody's credit, one is is what you're saying is that there are different scoring models out there, and in the in the in the world that we live in today, where it is so easy to get access to your score for free, whether it's through Credit Karma, a lot of people's um, banking institutions or credit card companies or whatnot will provide them a score. That there are different scoring models out there, and lots of times unfortunately um for the consumer is the scoring models they use have a high tend to have a higher ticked up score than we use so they call and say hey we're a 750 and then we pull their score using the fico model 2 that's required to be used for mortgage lending and it's a 710 and it's lower and and so and people you know the the first reaction is like well oh you guys are lying or, or you know that sort of stuff because <laughs> like we just pulled it How does that happen? And it does. It makes it very confusing and it's difficult to do. But there are several different scoring models that are out there. And even FICO, which is um, the most recognized one, I mean, scores range 300 to 850 and goes through there, they have different versions of their score. And last year, and the article talks about this, but last year, FICO released two scores, the FICO score 10 and FICO score 10T. Um, and it was just a different approach to weighing personal loans and and trending data and everything else. But, you know, as lenders, as as mortgage bankers, the, the FHFA, Federal Housing Finance Agency, has told us that for a conventional loan, which is backed by Fannie Mae or Freddie Mac, we can only use the FICO models 2, 4, and 5. So we aren't using, even though FICO's come with a new updated score, new updated model... We can't use that for for our lending, so we're looking at a different um, scoring model. So while they should roughly mirror each other in the fact that, you know, if you have a late payment or you have a new debt, let's say you go out and buy a new car, it should show up on credit karma the same way it would show up on a report, a FICO report that we would pull, and, right. and come that way. The difference is just really in the score, and a lot is weighted on the score these days, and that's why everybody talks about this.
0: But I guess this is where I get a little confused. Why, why would, um, you know, Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, the government basically say that you could only use one score over another when they're both technically FICO scores. And that's, that's me as a consumer, not understanding. I mean, I, I guess what would be the difference or why would they release a new model? And then why would it not be something that you use? It just, it seems kind of like so much overkill.
1: Yeah, that's a great question. And so (laughs) I wish I could give you the answer on sometimes on why the government decides (laughs) to do what they do, but I'll give a crack at it. So, you know, having the new updated version of the FICO score is based on trending data, things that are happening in the marketplace and this and that. And it's, it's newer, right? It's kind of like, you know, it's kind of like a new iPhone or a new Android comes out. There are certain people that run out and buy the phone the very first day right, the latest and greatest in, in, in model. And then there's people that wait a while before they adopt it because they wanna work out all the, all the bugs and everything else. And so in this analogy, the government is the person that waits to see if all the bugs have been worked out and everything else, and they'll stay on their old version because the old version is working fine um, and, and it works good and everything else. Maybe it doesn't have everything that the brand new version of the iPhone does, um, but they're waiting to get all the bugs worked out. And that—that that is what I believe is why they're waiting. So because it is a new model to see, does it really assess risk in the way that they wanna have risk assessed? Because that's what a credit score does. It takes mm-hmm. a look at your snapshot of what you're doing and it assesses your risk, your ability to repay and will you repay timely.
0: Okay, so, and then how often would the you know Fannie Mae Freddie Mac come to you guys or or make a blanket? Obviously, not coming to you, but making a blanket a decision to change the credit score that's allowed or the credit score that they use. I mean, how often do they do that?
1: It's not very often that that it comes out. Um, you know that it, that it's going to be there. If anything, it maybe once a year they'll go out and say, "Hey, we're now doing it." So they still allows, uh, allow us to use models two, four, and five that that are there, and that's not something that even the people in the industry see that it's all behind the scenes on, on how they're doing oh, it and the okay. credit report provider. So it just sort of happens and it goes in there. So, um, you know, it, it's, it's not very often that, that you are going to see it.
0: Okay. Yeah. Cause I know. And then the article was saying that, you know, the credit bureaus, you know, they actually came up with their own thing called a vantage score. And a lot of times vantage score is what you see on something like credit karma and, and blah, blah, blah. So, yes. you, know, I, I, you know, I'm you know, i looking at that and I know always what my credit karma score is, but that same thing's happened to me before. You know, I've went to buy a car or I've went to, you know, purchase a home and then, you know, they tell me, oh my gosh, it's this number. And I say, oh, how, well, how can that be? I just checked my credit karma score and, and it's this number. So that makes way more sense, yeah. um, especially if they're using a different, uh, you know, a different calibration. Although I'm surprised there's not more um more of a blanket oh yes everybody you know sees this but we always use this score or why that they couldn't tell you both because i do think it is a little confusing like when you go buy a car pull out a credit card or something like that that it's different almost totally than than a mortgage <laughs> credit score. Yeah, and and they may, you know, when when
1: the, the credit bureaus, uh, Experian Equifax and Trade Union came out with their Vantage score and they implemented it, they gave the same score range as FICO. So it's still a range of, Um, you know, that comes from 300 to 850. So it's the same thing that matches the FICO. It'd be a lot easier if they had like a one through 10, right? It could be Uh there because then people would be able to do it. So you see your vanish score and then we pull your FICO score and they're different. And then like we were just talking about, there's many versions of of the FICO scores that are in there. So it does make it confusing. I agree it would be much simpler if we just had one algorithm that went out to assess credit worthiness. but I think it's it's a matter of, you know, trends change over time, right? Risk changes over time, people, um, you know, and the credit worthiness changes over time. And so they're always looking to stay on the cutting edge of technology. Um, the FICO scores and the ones that we use for mortgage lending, uh, you know, we're a little bit behind them. We're not on the forefront. We don't jump in right away for the, right. the latest model.
0: Well, and the article does make a good point that if you are seeing a significant difference between the two scores, like if, they, if some way you see online, you know, is an 800 and then you're calling, you know, you're calling Mike up and he's pulling it and he gets, you know, a 680. I would consider that a significant difference. And it says in the article that there could be an error on one of those credit reports that you definitely want to check out. And it says that you can get a free copy of your report from each of the credit bureaus and that you should definitely do that if the, if it's substantially different because that makes that makes a huge difference in the rate that you're going to get or even if you can qualify for a mortgage yep and this came out a long time ago but if you
1: go to annualcreditreport.com annualcreditreport.com this is a government-run site it's not with credit karma cross-country mortgage Duncan and do or anything else everybody is entitled it was a law that was passed after the financial crisis everybody is entitled to one um, free credit report per year from all three bureaus. It doesn't give you a score. They're going to try and charge you money to give you a score, but it does give you all the information that is on your credit report. And you sh- everybody out there should go look at it once a year to make sure there's no inaccuracies. The, the worst Absolutely. time to find out you <laughs> there's something on there that's wrong or incorrect or anything else is when, when you need to have it. So you get that right. It's free. It's easy to do um, and everybody should do it.
0: So if somebody was going to call you and they had a lower score, what would be the number one thing that you would tell them to do that could maybe change their score for the better quickly? It, it, it's like you set up
1: the, the softball the softball question for me. So one of the great things <laughs> that we that we do at Cross Country Mortgage and that our credit report provider provides with every time we look at somebody's credit it gives us the potential improvements that they can get on their score. And so it gives us all three scores and then it also gives us what their potential improvement is. And if somebody says to us, Hey, you know, I have $2,000 and I, to help fix my credit, we can actually run a, a simulator and it will tell us, the credit bureaus will tell us specifically, what we need to do with that $2,000. Do we pay off this account or do we pay down that account or what we can do? So we actually have the tools and resources that they give to us that we can actually direct somebody to um, on exactly what to do um, and and to get their score up, which is, it's just an incredible tool and we use all the time.
0: That's awesome. And I think that if if you need to get in touch with them and you want to even look down the line at, you know, purchasing something in six months. I think that's yeah. definitely something that you should line up now. That's a conversation that you should have now with a lender. Um, you know, give us a call at our office. We'd love to set you up with Mike. It's 813-359-8990. Chat with us online. Um, go to our website, theduncanduo.com or duncanduo.com. We can help you there. And Mike, how can they call you directly?
1: You can reach me at 813-377-2743. Again, 813 813-377- 377 2743.
0: Awesome. And we'll be back for our final segment right here on the Duncan Duo Real Estate Show. And we're back for our final segment here on the Duncan Duo Real Estate Show, the Super Bowl Duncan Duo Real Estate Show. I'm Robert Johnson, president of the Duncan Duo, here with Mike Corgan from Cross Country Mortgage. Go Bucks. (laughs) Go Bucks. So let's say you are going to stay in your home, refinance, you want to just stay there and renovate your property you're not going anywhere. There's an article this week that talks about five trendy renovations to ditch today and why. Number 1, don't paint the front door if it looks great already. So, you know, there's a lot of people and and this is this is a trendy thing that we see. We always talk about people painting the front door, you know, you go and you want to paint the front door and it might be a wood and you know you're painting it some crazy color. I see this when I'm actually Um, When I used to show buyers property, you know, somebody would get this idea to paint the color, paint the front door a a red color or a teal blue color, and it was a nice wood color before. So it turns out, you know, HGTV's advice is that the door looks best that a natural wood tone. So I think that it, uh, it can keep the distraction off of the door. It lets somebody still look at the property. So their advice, do not paint that front door if it's wood. Keep it wood and make it look great. Number two, don't knock down walls if you like nooks and crannies. Mike, I feel like here it is another one in black and white, talking about don't knock down your walls.
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: I, it's yeah. it's interesting,
1: right? We went from this this era or, or this period of time where wide open spaces was what everyone wanted, and now all of a sudden, in the past year, with the not all of a sudden, we we know why with the global pandemic, people want uh, more separated space
0: because they're at home more. Yeah, it says it says a lot of buy a, buy a lot of buyers want homes with open floor plans, but a lot of them don't. So if it has, especially really older homes with nooks and crannies, a lot of walls, a lot of rooms, especially if it's a historic property, just keep it that way. You know, that's how the property will probably look its best and function the best. So, number three, don't try to fix imperfect floors. You know, I thought this was a great one, especially when you have people, um, you know, like in Seminole Heights, like in Old Northeast, like in Hyde Park, like a lot of areas um, in Pinellas that have a lot of bungalow properties. It talks about, um, you know, how you should really do what you can to save those imperfect floors, even if the color isn't consistent. Don't rip them out and, you know, throw down a new floor that has absolutely no character. A lot of times those those older floors can actually add to the charm and the character of the house. And, you know, when you rip all the character out, all, you know, all of a sudden you have a basic property. So it it talks about keeping those number four, don't go wild with tile. If you like the classic look. So it says white subway, white subway tile is classic, beautiful, and inexpensive. And it would look perfect instead of something that, um, you know, looks crazy, is patterned, you know, everything like that. And then if you think white subway tiles overused, don't use it. Choose something that's slightly different from the classic look. Maybe choose something with a beveled edge, something like that. Everything doesn't have to be the same. It's all about giving your home character. You'll notice that. So don't paint that character front door. Don't leave that um, or leave that floor. Don't take down those walls. Put a tile up that maybe doesn't match everything else that's being done.
1: Yeah, it's interesting. That's an it's really an interesting list, and and it's kind of it just goes into things change over time, right? Where we may have been saying something different 18 months ago on um, a lot of the stuff, but the trends do change, and everything else that's there. And so, one of the things, if you are thinking, hey, I need to do this to my home because I'm going to sell it down the road or whatever else, maybe you, you you need to you know hold tight and just leave it as is. And if you are going to sell your home, let the new owners do what they want to it if they want to get absolutely. it absolutely. I, I would say is that if you you know you should create your home the way you want your home to be, um, and it's going to be there. Don't uh, do something just because it's trendy, because trends end. That's why they're called trends. Uh,
0: well, and I read something um, a lot um, when I'm reading about uh, you know older homes, historic homes, um, even homes that were from the '60s, '70s, stuff like that. It, it talks about the best thing that you can do with a property is actually take it back to the original form. So, you know, a property was probably designed a certain way, functions a certain way, um, was built with a certain architecture in mind. You know, you don't want a big traditional colonial and then you come inside and it's a big open mid-century mess. I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't make sense. And a lot of times when you're redoing property over the years, you know, maybe you're the fourth owner and you're the second remodel since it was built. You don't remember, or especially if you're not the original owner, how the property was originally meant to function. So, if you can get it back to the original, you know, the original feel, the original, you know, character of the home. It's probably going to function best for you, and it's probably also going to look its best. And again, if you're wanting to sell your property or if you're a buyer out there looking for these classic homes or something that you can fix up the way you want, give us a call. Our office is 813-359-8990. You can go on our socials, you know, the Dunkin' Duo team. You can go on our website, duncanduo.com You can chat with us there you can reach out to us whatever you need from us we can help you with as far as the real estate is concerned and then mike one final time how they can get in touch with you
1: you can reach out to us on the web at crosscountrytampa.com crosscountrytampa.com all one word or you can call me directly at 813-377-2743 again 813-377-2743
0: Thanks, Tampa Bay. Go, Bucks, and have a great rest of your Sunday. And hopefully, we're going to have a win. Yes, sir. Go, Bucks.